Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. Uh, I love doing this, and there's no better thing that I like, especially as a podcast, to talk about than Jesus Christ and, and the mission of what he's wanting us to do as servants. So that said, that's my segue. We are in our second lesson, or part two, I should say, on our servanthood lesson. Uh, I hope that you uh, have been listening, gentle listener. Uh, you can build upon what we talked about last week with what we're going to talk about today. Our text is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I'm not going to read that just for time's sake, but it is found in Philippians 2, 5 and 8. If you want to have something else to read for extra homework, as it were. Extra credit. Yes, sir. Matthew 24, 45 through 51. So last podcast we talked about, really, we spent a lot of time on the two greatest examples of servanthood. We talked about Jesus and Paul. I'm going to build on that uh, and talk about the two main duties of servanthood. Service involves the willingness, Steve, to forego our own way in order to satisfy the wishes of the master. Those of us who want to serve will be required to surrender a few things, our will and our comfort sometimes to wholeheartedly please the one who has dispatched us to do the work. So this duty that God is calling us as the church, as disciples, in being servants has some, some responsibility. And that number one responsibility is to serve others. Matthew 25, 34 through 40 says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when we saw thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And here it is. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. It's interesting, as a pastor, if I said Jesus is about ready to walk through the back doors and into our <laughs> sanctuary, the worship that would be had, the commitment that people would have. It'd be amazing. Well, he's only going to do that one more time when he yeah. comes back uh, without sin unto salvation, uh, the second coming. But in the meantime, we do have people that come in our back doors, and sometimes they don't come in our church. Sometimes they come in our circles. And Jesus said it himself in Matthew 25, as what I just read, that we can make that commitment to Jesus by serving and helping that person. Yep. That's the crux of what we're saying. So everyone who offers himself to God needs to understand that serving him must entail serving others. No person lives a life unto himself. We're not men and women as an island unto ourselves in the kingdom of God. 
we're interconnected with the body of Christ. We're called, in addition, uh, to be commissioned to for not only to to be ourselves connected purposely with those, we also need to be purposely trying to connect others into the body of Christ. That wholeheartedly is servanthood by itself, but it's not the only by itself, as it were. Um, in this world, Steve, we're called to be his hands and feet. In this earth, God has used, he's, he's made within him um, a calling within us that we should be, uh, well, let me say it this way, he's tied his will unto humanity, his creation, his disciples. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. However, he wants us to pray to unlock the doors. Sure. So why? So that he can get the glory and that we can recognize who Jesus is. All of these things happen, and, I, and I, I'd love to expound on that more, but we are Jesus to, the, to this world. We're little Jesuses, as it were. Right. Um, and as we connect to others and we introduce Jesus, of course he could come in a dream and scare people out of their wits and make them run to the house <laughs> of God, but he chooses for us in an individual touch, as it were, in a, in a comment, a kind word that can open the door for him to minister. In other words, God uses us for people to recognize that he loves them. One of my favorite stories, not in what we're talking about, but I just feel compelled that I need to tell you. Sure. One of my favorite stories is about a, a fantastic woman. Maybe our listeners know of who she is. Her name was Nona Freeman. Mm. And she was an, an outstanding woman of God who's yes. obviously she's passed on from this life. But I've heard her minister. I've read her books. And she told of a story on all those platforms how that she was washing dishes one day. And her her kitchen window faced a street. And so she's washing dishes and she was so connected and so connected to wanting to serve others that God spoke to her and said, stop what you're doing. And I may butcher this story if you are, if you know this, but, but, but God said, stop what you're doing. The Holy Ghost led her outside and said, I want you to wave as hard as you can to the passerbys right now. And so she was going, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and so she did. She was willing, sure. right? She went out there, and she said, if God told me to do it, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And so she waved. She smiled. And she said, I probably look like some crazy old woman out on her front porch. But I waved and waved and waved. And she said, about that time, I saw a man that drove by, stared at me. And he could have almost got, he could have crashed into a mailbox, but he just stared and he just drove on. And she said, the Holy Ghost said, okay, go back to what you're doing. And she said, Lord, I don't know what that was all about. So she went back in, washed the dishes. And I think about maybe a year later, she was in a meeting uh, in, in the city or in a city. And she's telling about what that story in particular. Yeah. And a man came out after church. And at the altar area and said, I was that man. You were waving. And I was on my way to the local quarry to kill myself. And I prayed while I was driving, God, this is it. If you could just show me if somebody loves me. Just one person. And if, if you can just show that you love me. About that time, I'm driving by some lady who I recognize you now. 
was waving and smiling, and I felt like God just said, see, that person loves you. And I love you. Yeah. Exactly right. So, so listener, um, I feel the Holy Ghost in just telling that. That's powerful. But we can be that kind of catalyst for someone. Well, I think another lesson there, too, is that, you know, a lot of times we'll get impressions or feelings or promptings that the difference when you act on them is, is amazing. I mean, I, there are calls sometimes I wonder if it's just my brain or if sure. it's the Lord, but I've had experiences like that where I felt the Holy Ghost telling me, I need you to go talk to him and I need you to tell him that I love him. And I did it. And it was exact. It was the most amazing, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had with the Holy Ghost because that that man hugged me and we wept and he told me he needed to hear that and amazing. and it changed our it changed the whole dynamic of our relationship. Certainly. And now I minister to him on a regular basis. I talked to I talked to this guy about Jesus when I never would have done that before. Praise God, that's exactly. And you received something from that. And oh man! A strengthening of your faith, number yes. one, among among other things, and then this man strengthening of his faith and the connection that hey, I'm not alone trying to serve God. Absolutely, I believe as as disciples we are servants. Yes, and the duty of a servant is to serve others. And absent of that component, that important component, our service to God is nothing more than a theoretical discussion. And mindset that really doesn't hold any beans. Right. Um, so, but anyways, I need to move on. Our second duty is that we need to be hospitable. Kindness is a big part of this. We need to have a right attitude in whatever capacity he al- allows us to occupy. You and I as disciples, uh, we gain little if we don't do the work of Christ, obviously. But it also becomes very one-dimensional if all we do is we do things that strengthens our relationship only with God. Now, hear me now. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm just saying that that is so one-dimensional that God has not called us to be that in and of itself. The The very understanding that he's given us the Great Commission squelches that mindset that we only go to church just to be blessed and and go no we're called to take this out to others so if we don't do this and if we're not led of the holy ghost the spirit of god then then if we do things like serving others all we're doing is that we're seeking the applause of man and i'm going to tell you servanthood I don't. I couldn't give you a percentage because they say, as it were, ninety-nine percent of the facts are made up. Made on, up on the spot. That's right. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but uh, but but what we're talking about here is that a true servant is all about serving others, and every bit of that servanthood, most times, is without witness. Yep. It's without others watching us. And of course you don't go around saying, Well, guess what I did? Because then your your applause is of men and it's down here and that's what it was. But when you do things and you try to bless others, the Bible even says and alludes to that he'll what you do in secret, God's gonna bless you openly. So I just want to tell somebody if this is about serving others to you, about getting the the uh, pat on the shoulder that you did such a good job, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah, that's not the approval you should be seeking. Right, and I tell you, it, 
if you only do that, you'll only get that very limited pat on the back that may last and scratch your ego for about 30 seconds, but after that, it's gone. It is. But what you do down here translates into the hereafter, the eternal. So it's almost like I don't want anybody to see what I do because I want it so that it would translate me or Propel, propel me forward into heaven even quicker. Sure. Well, I'm pleasing the Lord is so much more sustaining for your spirit than anything that this earth can give you. Absolutely. The woman at the well, John 4, uh, she had Jesus' undivided attention, even though she was a social outcast and, and uh, had a dubious past, and, and even where she was uh, in her life. But Jesus said, I must needs go to Samaria. I must, I, I'm going to go out of my way. And it was culturally inappropriate. Well, and it, it caught his guys unawares. That's exactly right. They didn't know what was going on here. It was inappropriate yes. culturally, and his own fellows was going, because hey. They, they were still stuck in what you know their culture said at the right. time. And they were going, you're going to go in Samaria? Yeah, Samaria? Why? Samaria, number one, these people were, were half-blood and Please understand, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but they were they were descended from the lineage of Assyrian and Jew, so mm-hmm. they weren't full Jew, right. uh, Jewish background and custom, and so they were looked down upon. Here was a single woman by herself at the well, and Jesus said, "I must needs go there." Yep. And his own boys, the disciples, were saying, um, "You sure about that, boss?" Hey, uh, are you sure, boss? <laughs> and he did, and we know that whole story, how that he ministered to her, and I'd love to get into that, but I really don't really have a lot of yeah. time on that. Well, we've got to leave something for these these listeners to do on the, uh, on the homework side. Right, <laughs> and, and so that is found in John chapter 4, the yeah. woman at the well. Um, he had time for those, especially those that felt discarded from everyone else. Well, and in there he went out of his way to make the time. Right. Such is the nature of him. Right. And I'm so glad he did it for me. Perfect example. Aren't you glad? He looked over the heads of of all of those that were more deserving. And even those I say, man, they're so good and they're so talented and educated. And who am I? Some poor kid from the west side of Indianapolis. And you decided to save me and fill me with his spirit. And and 40 years later, here I am as a pastor of a church. Listen, um, and I'm not bragging. I don't, I don't care because people know. I do this because I, I love serving others. This is a calling, yes. by the way. What we do is not a job. It's a, it's a place of comfort in the spirit. God loves us to where he could use us to help others. And that's, there's just no greater thing. And my goodness, I feel like I haven't, I haven't talked too much about anything about our content, but I, (laughs) so I need to, I feel like I need to move on. So I'm sorry, listener, if I'm all over the place today. Hey, if you want more, leave a comment. We'll try to get back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. Absolutely. We do want that for sure. So let me talk about the five requirements of servanthood. I'm going to try to hit this and go try to get all of it in uh, our second part of our lesson today. So what are the characteristics of a servant? Uh, number one, I would like to bring to your attention, you need to be willing. He doesn't force you and I to serve um, or to offer our lives in service to him, but he invites you and I and recruits you and I to where we can serve 
and to ultimately understand that our choice is ours. God's not going to make you do anything. He'll provide the door. He'll provide the onus. He'll give you somebody in your circle to where you can minister to. But by and large, it's your decision. So you have to be, number one, willing. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church regarding their giving of uh, finances, which was a good, by the way, it still is, and there it was a good barometer of a person's willingness to serve is their giving sure, and, and their finances. Yep. Paul emphasized will, the willingness to give first. He said in 2 Corinthians 8 and 12, he said, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. So there it is. You got to be first willing. You must have a, a willing mind and a willing spirit before you can serve Christ and others effectively. Ability is useless without uh, uh, availability and a willingness to serve him. Yeah, and don't let ability keep you back because the Lord will equip you. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, he even said it. If you open up your, open up your mouth, I'll fill it. Yep. So don't think you can't do it because if you do that, then you are limiting what the Lord can do in your life. Absolutely. And shame on you for doing that. Absolutely. Shame, shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Shame, shame. Second characteristic is faithfulness or being faithful. I'm big on this. First yes. Corinthians 4 and 2 said, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So a valuable servant to Jesus Christ is faithful. Uh, I could give you some natural examples and some spiritual examples of faithfulness. Uh, those, it takes on a lot of different forms. Absolutely. I mean, it really does. Yeah, the servant best fitted for, for the work that God has designed for them to do when given this job, as it were, uh, will without excuse and without exemption, exemption complete their assignment. Um, they will do it according to what God has given them. But as you mentioned, it's not about your, your talent or ability. It's about really your willingness and now your faithfulness. So when you focus on God, and you're doing it as unto the Lord when you bless and serve others. We're better able to sift through where our priorities lie. Yep. Um, to ignore voices and temptations that lure us off the task uh, demonstrates what kind of faithfulness that we really have. And it really is a personal moment that we should look into, into the mirror and say, what yep. am I doing this for? Yep. Am I doing it for somebody else? Um, a story um, I, I just came to my mind how the an older woman and Abraham Lincoln was the president and uh, this woman in, in people was bringing things to the president sure. and was asking as they gave him something um, they wanted him as president to do something for them quid pro quo like and we, we alluded to this last podcast <laughs> yeah. right and this woman she brought um, a batch of cookies. Ah, the power of cookies. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think it was chocolate chip. I don't know. Maybe it was oatmeal raisin, my favorite. Oh, no. Yeah, no, really. Oh. Come to the dark side, Steve. Who puts a raisin in a cookie? You ever taken a bite of that thinking it's chocolate chip? You know what we call that? That's fool's chocolate. Yeah, and if you do that, if you're the person that sneaks those onto a plate with chocolate chips, then Steve. you need to come to the altar on Sunday. Yes. Come to the dark now, That's side. like putting Skittles in a bowl of M&M's. Why would you do that? But I digress. I'm sorry, listeners. 
Well, I, I don't know. Oh, yes, yes. The president <laughs> yes. and chocolate chip cookies. We'll say that. So the cookies were given to the president. And she said, here, Mr. President, she said, these are your favorite cookies. I just wanted to give these to you. And sure. he said, Madam, thank you. I do love these cookies. What is it that I can do for you? She said, no, no, Mr. President. I just found out through research that you love these particular type of cookies. And I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And I gave these. And, and the story says that the president wept because, madam, he said, all this time people give me things because they want me to do something. And you did it because yeah. you wanted to serve. Amazing. It's a powerful That's story. That's what we're talking right about. Right out of the history books. Absolutely. Look it up. I am running out of time about this five, so maybe I can at least get, uh, no, let's, let me see if I can power through yeah, this. Yeah, we'll do it. The third thing you need to be is you need to be wise or you need to have wisdom. Um, wisdom is the ability to see life from God's point of view. Uh, we need to be very clear. We're not talking about the WWJD movement, which is what would Jesus do. Um, but we also need to see that wisdom in servanthood allows us to do the master's will in every circumstance of life in that sometimes when you are serving others. Now, this is, uh, I would just want to bring this to your attention as far as wisdom. You can pour yourself into serving something or someone rather, and they can be what we term as buckets with holes. Mm -hmm. Some people want a handout, and that is all about what you can give them. Wisdom says that you pour yourself into them to help them, um, but as they help themselves. Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, this is what I hear a lot as pastors, still do. Pastor, would you pray for this certain certain situation? Yeah, I'll pray, sure. I'll pray with you. Well, I was just kind of hoping that you, I heard this one time. I was just kind of hoping that you pray since, <laughs> since you're the pastor, and I know you know how to pray. And I'd say, well, I can pray for your situation, but uh, you got to pray for it too. So yeah. we got to have an investment. So as we serve others, we're not talking about an investment for us to be blessed back, the quid pro quo, i.e. conversation. No. But we also need to see as we serve, sometimes people won't respond to your servanthood long term. Sure. And so wisdom says, well, I'll move on, but yep. I'll still be kind and, and open-ended. And uh, But you got to put your investment in right places. Well, and the Lord will help you with wisdom, too, because once you get an infilling of the Holy Spirit, then you get a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of discernment, and you get those nudges. Those promptings. Uh, right, absolutely. Fourth thing, you need to be humble. Mm. I alluded to this already, but inheriting the role of a servant is the necessity to yield our will in favor of the Lord's will. Man, and we could do an, a two-hour episode on how to be humble in this day and age because, man, we are not a humble people in this country. That's anyway. true. Absolutely. Our designs and his will seldom overlap. True. So if we get on the same page, someone said one time, uh, and I use this quite a lot in my ministry, I say this, instead of trying to get God to do what you want to do, why don't we get on his page and try to do what he wants us to do? Yeah. And so humbleness subjugates our will for his. We Again, we talked about and yep. alluded to it. Our goals become his 
and they become in harmony. Our priorities and his priorities become the same thing. So it is a requirement for us as servants that our humility will mark our path forward. Um, and, I, and I could spend a lot of time on this, but the humble nature that God wants us to walk in to accomplish his will resides first on where it should always be, always at the feet of him. Yes. Right? I hope that makes sense. Then the fifth and final, and I'm going to close on this part, is that we need to be available. That's the biggest one probably. Someone said that the greatest ability is availability, and, and I would agree with that. And there's a, there's a kernel of truth in that, in that we should offer our lives completely to Christ. We are not truly servants until we do that. We're called to be ready to serve at a moment's notice. Second Timothy 4 and 2 says this, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Well, and that goes right back to the story you told. She's at the sink washing dishes. Boom, she gets the message, and she immediately responds. Instant, right, right. So the timing of our work is not in our control, but it's in his. And, he, of course, he's perfect in his timing. So the place of our labor is not ours to choose. The scope of our responsibility is not, a, is not our discretion. We're simply to be available to him. Whenever, however, and whatever he desires. And I want to stop on that, but I want to just give you a cliffhanger right here. Ooh, yeah. Is that I want to talk, as we've talked about the duties and the examples of servanthood, the next podcast we can talk about is the rewards of servanthood. Because oh, yeah. there, there are some comebacks. There is. There are rewards, and, and uh, you ought to listen to the next podcast, too, <laughs> if you don't mind. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. I still like oatmeal cookies better, though. <sighs> yeah, we're going to do... I'll see you at the altar on Sunday. Oh. Please send this podcast to a friend. Maybe share a link on social media. Like our Point of Hope Facebook page or even better, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like and enable notifications so that you don't miss a single episode. What about Oreos? If he gave Oreos, would you... Would that be okay, even though Oreos weren't around? I mean, are they the standard Oreos? Are we talking double stuff, mega stuff? There's all, I mean, they're all good, though. I can get down with Okay. But thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening.